0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks, everybody, with me your host Jackson Stone. This is episode number 98 of Jackson Talks, everybody. We are inching very close to episode 100, which will be a very special episode. I will sit on this couch and I will basically recap 100 or I will recap 99 episodes, excuse me, of Jackson Talks, everybody, to celebrate the 100th episode, but we're not there yet. We're here at episode ninety-eight, and there's there's a bunch of reasons why I love this doing this podcast. But one of them specifically is that I just meet people in my life randomly, whether anywhere, whether through Krav baseball at the grocery store, doesn't matter, and they just happen to be like these very interesting people who are doing and trying to do interesting, cool things, and they have brilliant life stories that. A lot of people will hear and could resonate with and be empowering and uplifting and I think my guest this week is that person we met at Krav Maga we'll get deeper into that but um, episode 98 I'm joined by Eli thanks for having me welcome to the show
1: yeah right on man
0: <clears throat> so we're gonna jump right in with the most important question that I'll ask you all day it's the theme of this podcast okay. it's the reason Uh, It's the reason this podcast means so much to me. Um, I do a lot of, you might not know, but I do a lot of work in mental health. I own and operate a mental health nonprofit called You Are Loved. Wow. And so the big part of that is basically expressing to people how much they're loved, even in their darkest moment. And I think what can bridge that gap is asking this question, which I'm about to ask you, and asking it honestly and giving enough space for the person to answer it honestly and to create deeper connection and understanding um, and just, like, have a little bit more unity and togetherness in our lives. So, Eli? Yeah. How are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing?
1: Uh, you know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm trying to keep my enthusiasm in, in the face of, uh, you know, various challenges. Uh, and and I heard you say it. Um, I'm doing the best I can. People do the best they can. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, right now I'm reentering the workforce um, after being disabled for a bit. My education is outdated. I'm going, trying to go back to school. You know, Uh, I feel a little bit intimidated because I'm dyslexic and I haven't been in school in a while. And so I kind of dipped my toe in the water early this year, just taking a couple of fun classes to Mm -hmm. see if I could deal with uh, 10 hours of school. Uh, versus 40 hours of classes for, for the trade that I'm trying to go into
0: and what's the trade you're trying to go into Oh,
1: well, you know I'm a dad <laughs> and I have researched a lot of fun and interesting and then not so fun uh, career paths mm-hmm. you know when when uh, my doctor told me I, I could I could return to the workforce uh, but like the number one uh, important thing to me when it comes to uh, creating a living is having time you know I have a kid I want to spend time with her and uh, and during the time that I was disabled that I, I enjoyed a lot of hobbies mm-hmm. uh, and I would like to have time to enjoy at least one or two or three or four of those <laughs> you know on my days off and so I talked to some of the people at Croft. actually uh, Bruce uh, I hope he doesn't mind me calling him out uh, there's like four or five pilots that, that go to Krav mm. And uh, and I pick their brains, and uh, they get a lot of days off. They uh-huh. work four days, they work get four days off. They oh, get layovers really? and they get paid. Uh-huh. <laughs> three days on, three days off. Six days on, six days off. A lot of days off. And my my kid's only going to be a kid a little while, so I want to I want to enjoy that.
0: Yeah. How old is your
1: kid? She's fourteen. She's fourteen. Already, yeah. Mm. She's already you know has friends and stuff, but we still we're, we're still really close. Um, and I, I I attribute that a lot to the fact that while I was disabled, uh, I spent at least four hours with her daily quality time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, this new circumstance, you know, doesn't allow me four hours a day with her, you know. And plus, I've been separated almost two years. So uh, that doesn't help. That makes things a little more difficult. And she's getting older. And so I'm like, man, I need a career path that's going to allow me time with her.
0: Is that some of the um, the challenges that you alluded to when answering the first question?
1: Yeah, I being mean,
0: separated, uh, being disabled. Yeah, uh, you want to go. You want to talk about those more?
1: Well, <laughs> it's a little embarrassing, but you know, I, I think it's important to be a little vulnerable and and to be uh, to be honest about stuff because yeah. most people on social media they, they want to portray everything that's positive, right? And and the truth is. Uh, It's a mix. It's a mix of blessings and challenges, character building moments. I like
0: that. I like that. It's a mix of blessings and challenges. Yeah, man. That's That's real life.
1: Thank you, man. So um, I was working for a temp agency. You know, I told them Tuesday and Thursday I I, I need to have off because that's the arrangement I have um, with my daughter's mom. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I need these days off because I take care of my daughter these days unless my daughter can come with me to work. They're like, no, can't, no can do. But we can give you those days off. You, you just call in the days that you want to work. I'm like, I can work every day except Tuesday, Thursday. I have my daughter, and so I plan my classes accordingly. The classes I really, really wanted were Monday and Wednesday, <laughs> but I took some other fun classes Tuesday, Thursday, and uh, and this worked out for a little while. But toward the end, uh, like toward March, they started weaning my hours off because you know they wanted to push towards me taking a full time. Uh, position at one of the temp assignments that I was going to, and I was like, that's that's going to negate my, you know, that's going to mess things up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they did that to me one day a week, one day a week, no days, and, until finally I wasn't getting assignments. And every time I would call in and I would tell them, okay, I'm going to file unemployment and just look for another job, they would give me an assignment, and then there would be a big gap again because you're not unemployed with a temp agency uh, past three days of no assignments. So they just kind of baited and (laughs) they played that game. Mm -hmm. So right now I have an eviction notice, my lights are off. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I'm three three car payments behind. Uh, And um, pretty much I'm broke. (laughs) So a lot of times you'll see me ride my bike to crowd. It's like, well, I don't have gas. I'm, um, I'm gonna just ride ride my bike there. I need cardio anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I'm adapting. I'm I'm looking for for um, another job. You know, I, I finally told the temp agency, you know, let's just let's just call it what it is. <laughs> let's just call it the end of this this relationship. You know, and and they're like, okay, that's fine. You know, we we won't keep doing this. And uh, so I fall for unemployment, but. Um, It was rejected, which is fine. I'm looking for another job, Um, but keeping keeping your enthusiasm—that's I think that's the challenge. It's it's not the problems; it's it's the enthusiasm. You know, Um, it's it's happy to it's easy to have faith under favorable conditions. You know, it's
0: easy to have faith under favorable conditions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you know when your lights are on and and you have food and you have gas and you have, you know. You, don't, you know where you're going to stay, and, and things are running smooth, but when things are running bad, you, know, you still have to go to crop, you still have to go to school, you still have to be a dad, you still have to um, pursue higher learning so that you can provide. You still have to keep your enthusiasm, you know, and I think that's the hardest part. It's not the problems, it's, the, it's, it's what's going on up here when you're going through stuff.
0: Is that something you've always had, or did you have to learn that when these challenges started to arise in your life?
1: You know, it's funny, man. Uh, When I was 17...
0: uh, 17? Yeah. How many years ago was that?
1: It was a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a 14-year-old, so it was a minute. Um, So anywho, uh, I'm dyslexic. You know, I struggled in school. I didn't learn to read till I was seven. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anybody. I got caught. (laughs) I got caught I was a good pretender I was good at hiding yeah. what I needed to hide you know and, and get my lessons done you know by asking for help from other students by memorizing stuff mm-hmm. you know but a brother at my church he caught me <laughs> he caught me and he kept my secret and he helped me get uh, he helped me under fill in the gaps of what I wasn't understanding about the reading process mm-hmm. I could read like very poorly but i wasn't grasping Mm. you know and he kind of helped me with that and he made my parents enroll me in the theocratic ministry school um shortly after that you know and so i was forced to give public talks at church Mm. and that really helped me and so when i was 17 i was like oh my gosh here's a chance to get a job where i can get better at something that i suck at (laughs) and so i got a job uh Uh, maybe i might have been 18 17 or 18.
0: when you got the job at the library dallas public library yeah
1: and i stayed there three years man and i just i loved it man i read my ass off you know because i sucked at reading Mm -hmm. you know and uh you know i feel the same with anything that i suck at i just i just pour into it because it's like you don't have to be great to get started les brown said but you gotta get started to be great
0: that's right (laughs) or get better (laughs) Yeah, every everyone is a fool when they start doing anything that they could potentially master.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: Uh, and I think that's really cool to have that sort of mindset when you start things. Like it's really evident when we're doing Krav and we're doing martial arts, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, obviously, not you aren't know, just born being able to read. Right. It takes some people longer than others, and you had. What's I think what's really cool is you had a person who cared about you enough to yeah. not judge you. Not belittle you Not yeah. tell you that you're stupid Or any of these words yeah. That potentially could be used When someone just hasn't figured something out Yet <laughs> Right? Yeah,
1: that's beautiful
0: And he did that for you Yeah, man And awesome. He kept your secret So no one else Made fun of you yeah. Or looked down upon you And you figured it out And yeah. you figured it out um, And I think having those people in your life Like is super important that, That's why I love sports so much I'm a big sports guy I played sports my whole life and I coach a baseball team now, 13-year-old baseball team.
1: Holy
0: crap. <clears throat> and ha- like having some sort of positive role model in your life.
1: Yeah. Because not
0: everyone has two sets of parents. Not everyone has, I uh, mean, you know, everyone's doing the best they can. So not everyone's situation is the same is what I'm trying to say. And so when you go to a sports a team or a church or a group or a community, there could be that one person that's that light that's like, okay, maybe if I do these things, I can grow up and potentially be like that person. You know, and I think that's cool, that's it. that it led you all the way to, to wanting to read more yeah. and challenge yourself more yeah. uh, and work at the Dallas Public Library, which is a sweet place.
1: <laughs> it was a lot of fun, man. I read a lot of stuff. Oh, this is a funny story. So to answer your question, um, there, was, there was a patron at, at the library and he left a book. It was his own personal copy.
0: Of the book? Of the book. Okay. Uh,
1: I had never seen it and I had been there three years. And I, I noticed it was his copy because it didn't have the library sticker on it. And I wouldn't have read it because, you know, at 1718, you know, my mind was on on fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know, I read fun stuff. And, but the title was so funny. I was like, I just had to read it. I could, couldn't put it down. I had to read in two days. It, it was, um, your opinion of me, is none of my business.
0: Your opinion of me is none of my business.
1: Uh I was like, what the heck? (laughs) And the author was just as interesting as the book. Yeah? Yeah, I had to read her biography after that. Uh, Her name was uh, Whittaker. What was her name?
0: Uh... Terry Cole Whittaker.
1: Terry Cole Whittaker.
0: What You Think of Me is None of My Business by Terry Cole Whittaker. Yes. So that book had a profound impact on you very. Tell me why.
1: Well, you know, when when you when you start in life um, at a disadvantage, you you have a lot of negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. You have a very negative self-image. Well, you can potentially. I did. You know, uh, I felt that I had to do twice or three or four times as much as the next guy just to keep up. You know, and and uh, and I cared a lot about what people thought about me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, people's opinions were like law. (laughs) It's like, man, they said it it must be true. They're smarter than me. It must be true. You know, uh, when I, when I, case point, when I was seven, I finally learned to read, you know, like, well, uh, I could read my name and, you know, some things, but I wasn't at the level that everybody else was. Mm -hmm. But when I learned to read, um, I started writing and I would write these stories and I love writing stories, you know, and uh, I didn't have an issue until I told an instructor you know and at first he was very excited for me and um, you know he read some of the stories but then I was I was uh, then he said you know what this is this is affecting your other schoolwork. I think you should stop and he even mentioned that to my parents stop writing yeah he's like you know uh, and so I did it I did right up until I didn't do anything else you know because I was like well I am stupid this is somebody that knows what they're talking about and you know I need to stop writing because this will help me do better in school and, and I just stopped that creative process but mm-hmm. I would write a story a week <laughs> I would wow. write a story a week I, I mean it was it was so much fun because it was like finding a new superpower you know yeah. it's like wow you know I, I've, <laughs> that's, I've, so, that's so
0: interesting yeah and then, what, but then can, I, the, can I stop you for a second yeah before we like why do you think that teacher did that Because clearly he thought he was doing the right thing, right? Absolutely. Which is so interesting because he thought he was helping you to give you more space and attention to focus on your schoolwork but taking away something that you actively loved doing. Yeah, I really loved that. Uh, So interesting.
1: I think... Okay, so I heard it said like this. Um, it, It doesn't matter where the advice comes from. If it's bad, it's... You have to you have to guard your mind
0: right but you're a young you're a young person at that point
1: yeah I was like oh you, you
0: know, know if, so, <laughs> if I told you to stop writing now you sh- should not absolutely not listen no <laughs> right because now you know it's what you want to do it's what you love yeah uh, okay keep going sorry
1: no well you know
0: i, I'm getting I think getting
1: <laughs> you know, excited I think things are passed on you know his parents probably told him the same thing mm. you know or or and their his parents parents probably told him the same thing maybe you know uh, I think a lot of people are well-intentioned but you know, um, they don't have all the facts, maybe, mm. or or they have a a social taught way of of things. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but when I read that book, it was so interesting because okay, this woman was was a writer from the seventies. <laughs> Women really didn't have that much of a voice in the seventies. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, they were they were kind of socially pressured to. I'm not, I don't want to say it in a negative way, but th- to not have a voice,
0: right? Right? They were socially pressured to like fit into this box, yeah. That we thought was what they should be doing, which is obviously absolutely wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that's what it was in the seventies, I guess. I don't know. I didn't live there, live in that time, but
1: yeah. And so, uh, I think it's interesting. Lucille Ball, uh, another one of my heroes. Mm. You know, she lived in the fifties, I think, or sixties. Sixties, I think. And and she. You know, she went against all odds. And I read her story, and and she was told to stop writing. Mm. I was like, huh, (laughs) somebody else told this person to stop writing. And she started her own production company. They didn't want to hire her. She's like, well, I'll just create my own. Let's do it. Let's do it myself. I'll do it myself. Um, The same thing with Whitaker. You know, she, she, in the book, it talks about how, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, how... Uh, The gifts that God put in us may never manifest if we, uh, if we listen, if we put too much stock in what other people say, Mm. you know, what other people think of us, you know, so it should be none of our business. We should, we should do what we feel is going to honor God in in terms of development, you know, developing ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, because how would you feel, man, you gave me this awesome hat. Yeah. Uh, How would you feel if, if you saw this hat later, uh. On the floor in my car, with a bunch of crap on it. <laughs> um,
0: well, I wouldn't assume anything. Right. I would imagine you have a lot going on. Right. And it just got left there.
1: That's possible. But but I guess where I'm going is, you know, a, a gift unused. Mm, got it. Yeah. Now I know what you mean. So so God gives us gifts. He, he puts things in us. I mean, name one thing, one creation that doesn't have a gift. Everything. Everything, right? So you know, God puts gifts in us, and and the only limitations that that we have are the ones we self-impose, or that we let other people impose on us. Yeah. And that that's the premise of the whole book. You know, I was like, damn, I wasted you know 11 years of <laughs> which I would have had the information. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, it got presented to you, and you probably needed it the most.
1: Yeah, I started doing other creative stuff then. Yeah, so you started, started, started writing poetry. back up again. Well, I started writing poetry, yep. and um, I took an art class mm-hmm. at the uh, El Centro Library. Uh, I entered a, an art competition at the Dallas uh, for the city of Dallas. I got second place. Nice. Yeah, uh, for painting, and uh, yeah, and I, I you know, uh, not always popular, but but I, I try to speak my mind, even though it's. You know, my partner, my wife, she gets she gets embarrassed, you know, sometimes I share things that it's like oh. going through a p- bad patch, you know, don't share that. It's like, well, this, this is really where I'm at, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or, uh, or I may say something that's not popular, you know, it's like, don't say anything. Well, that's how I feel, you know, and, and I think the reason that I'm a little over uh, expressive is I didn't have a voice for 11 years, mm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I need to share how I feel, what I think, and I don't want to, you know, not do that because then it becomes a habit.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It becomes a habit.
0: Yeah. You realize when you don't have something, how important it is to you. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and that's with a lot of things, with death, right? Yeah. You realize how important someone is to you when they're gone. Yeah. Um, yeah for sure. And so you want to, you know, nurture it and love it while it's here, while you have it. And whatever right? that be, your creative gifts. You as a person, right? You want to you want to nurture you as a person because you won't be here forever either. Your brain, your body, your soul, yeah. all of those things, and all the untapped potential that people have, all yeah. the stuff that you're talking about, right? Yeah, these unique gifts that we have, right? Before we started recording, you talked about like having a gut feeling. Yeah, you know, and uh, people have to be able to trust themselves and follow that like intuition. Yeah, uh, and I think that's important. But if we're always being weighed down by other people's opinions, we're really thinking about, I'm not doing what I wanna do, I'm doing what you think I should be doing. That's a lot, like, you don't know me, so now you're thinking of something that I should be doing and I'm trying to then backtrack and think of that thing that you're thinking that I'm thinking of doing. (laughs) Just even saying it out loud is really complicated. Imagine how our brain and our body is trying to figure it out and then actually try to actively do it how much energy we're giving up just by doing that um I do, yeah you know so if we can start to like unravel that unpack it trust ourselves follow our gut our intuition doesn't mean we're going to succeed at anything we do but at least we're going to be down a path that's true to us yeah right we're going to fall we're going to get punched in the face we're going <laughs> to get knocked down right things are going to go bad they are. right but yeah. eventually they might turn around and be good and if they're almost good, it's you're living an authentic life. And it's much better than living someone else's version of your life. I agree with that. Um, because you're the best you. You're, you're going to be the second best someone else. Yeah. You're going to be the best you. That's a smart statement, yeah. you know? very,
1: very true smart statement.
0: But it's hard. It's hard, especially like potentially in your situation where like things are not great. They're not. They're not, right? They're not great. And we have to be realistic about our situations. We have to rub it against reality and then figure out little moves we can make every day to make it somewhat better. So eventually in six months, a year, it will be better. Yeah. And I think that you're doing those things. I think so too. And being on this podcast, my my community, we're going to help you out.
1: Awesome.
0: So, um, yeah, we got some surprises for you. Oh, nice. But anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Talk to me about your writing. Okay. So... Just uh, like wh- when you got interested in it, what it means to you. I know someone told you to stop writing. Yeah. But maybe when you got back into it.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I started writing poetry, you know. mm mm-hmm. uh, And most of my, my poems are storytelling, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, and then I became a father. And then we did the same thing. You became a father at a very young age. Pretty Well, relatively. Relatively young? Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, you know, my my daughter and I, we had this ongoing game since she was like probably five, you know. And it's it's, uh, Jennifer and Alexa. (laughs) So, uh, she's Alexa. She's a transfer student from Paris or somewhere exotic, right? Mm -hmm. Every time we play, it's a different place. But usually it's Paris. Okay. okay? And I'm her rival, right? I'm Jennifer. And so... uh, and I know that's kind of goofy. I, I, I'm a guy playing a girl, but you know, it's my daughter. It's my kid, and so I, I played the role of a, of a head cheerleader, the popular girl. Mm-hmm. She gets, to, she comes to the school and she steals my thunder, and then she has to win me over. So she steals my thunder in different ways. You know, either she's uh, a better ballet dancer or whatever. You know, and then she has to win me over and and. Uh, and so we script these games every time we play. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so what's, what's the story? He's like, Daddy, let's play. I'm like, okay, let's play. What's the game? What's the story? Okay, so this time, X, Y, Z, you know? And so we've been doing this, you know, nine years. You know, we have a nine-year trick of doing this. I'll show you a video in a little bit. All right. But, well, after the podcast, I'll show you a video. But, uh, but we really enjoy this, you know? And so we've been writing scripts for nine years, I mm-hmm. guess you know, and then uh, my wife and I started drifting away, you know, and I wanted to find something for us to reconnect, you mm-hmm. know, and she liked photography, you know. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to take a video class. We'll do photography and video together, right? Batman and, and Robin, you know? <laughs> and so, so I started taking the courses and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. We never did anything. We ended up separated. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the course of that what i discovered is i really like um i really like storytelling more than i knew mm. you know? it, it came back full circle amazing yeah and uh during that semester uh i got stopped uh, on my motorcycle now, i was riding saving gas going to school and and i got stopped because of my license plate and uh and it turned out that i had a fine you know, from like three years prior, and or four years prior, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I I had to sit out this ticket, this fine. You know, 30 days. What do you do for 30 days? So you
0: couldn't you couldn't do anything for 30 days. I was in jail. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was sitting out a fine. Got it. Yeah, and so I'm like, man, this really sucks. How am I gonna catch up with school, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera? And I prayed about it, and. Uh, and then I just started writing like scene ideas because we had to do a short film for our final project at school.
0: Got it. i was like,
1: man, you know, th- these scenes would be cool for for a short film, you know, and I, w- I would come up with these scenes. Mm-hmm. And then before I knew it, it turned into uh, I started writing about my life, and then 30 days into it, I had a I had a script of a piece of my life that was significant to me, and then you know. Um, so that's full circle where I'm in. I am right now. I want to. I want to pitch this script. I want to pitch the script, and someone smarter than me that can get it, you know, turned into something. Mm.
0: <laughs> so You wrote a script. Yeah. It's about your life.
1: It's a. It's a turning point. Yeah. Turning point. Turning in life. point in your life. Yeah.
0: And that's why you started doing Krav Maga.
1: Partially, yeah. I, I, want, I needed to shoot the fight scene. There's a fight scene in, in, the,
0: in the script. Okay, so first, because the fight scene is based off some real events.
1: Based off real events. So yeah.
0: let's backtrack to those real events. Okay. And then you can relay how you wrote the scene and then why you wanted to do Crop. Okay, so. so take I'm us back to the, the actual fight. Okay, happened. so I wouldn't call it a fight, it was a beating. Well, either way. <laughs> um,
1: okay, I was dating this young girl. Uh, Nicole and uh, I had started taking care of her because she started getting sick you Mm -hmm. know and her father and I didn't share um, how she should be spending her her time Mm -hmm. you know her last last time and you know I felt okay let's make a list let's do everything that you're afraid of and that you want to do you know and he's like, no, well, let's keep her safe. And now I'm a dad, so I'm like, no, I get it, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. So uh, the first thing I want to say is what I learned from that experience was that um, just because you're right doesn't mean the other guy's wrong. Mm. You know, her, her dad and I just had different views of how her last moment should be spent. Yeah. You know? But uh, before we, we got to that understanding, you know, because she made me confront him uh, over the fight. He's seen a couple of gents to kind of discourage me from the <laughs> from the relationship. Um, it, it was five dudes and they, they just beat the crap out of me. I, they beat me unconscious. And uh, she was pissed. And we went and talked to her dad and, and I was like, Look, the reason you're pissed is because I'm a reflection of you, you know, in many senses, you know. Um, no, I wasn't criminal or anything, but... He spent his her first nine years in prison. Her first nine birthdays in prison. He got arrested when his wife was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so I get it. He he was making up for lost time and he's like, Man, I'm losing her again probably and here's this guy in the way just <laughs> I get it. Mm-hmm. You know. But at the same time it's I was in a bad place. You know, I had lost my dad. Uh I had started dating um a young lady uh and well that's too complicated i had just gotten out of a relationship Mm -hmm. and um and i I met this young lady i had lost my dad and i I was i was bitter you know because my first relationship failed you know uh i felt at the time i blamed god for not helping you know when um when my dad was sick and so I didn't want anything to do with religion or worship or any of that stuff. And I was doing a lot of like just uh, self-destructive, self-sabotaging, just dumb stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And then I met her and, uh, and then she, she gave me a reason to want to be better, yeah. you know. And I was like, man, look, when I talk to her father, I'm like, I love her for the same reasons you do to some extent. She makes me want to be better. She makes you want to be better. She makes me want to be better. I'm not going to give her up. You know, I'm not going to let you take that, but you don't have to worry because she's going to be good with me for the same reason she's good with you because I value her the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's, <laughs> that's how that went
0: down. Okay. So then you got beat up by those five dudes. I got beat up. Yeah. And then you had a better relationship with the father moving forward. Yeah,
1: yeah we, we did. We, we, we became really good friends. Um, and i wanted to interpret that i, I, I kind of debated about about shooting that including that i didn't want to offend him you know uh, there were a lot of things i took into consideration also it was embarrassing <laughs> but i thought okay um i wanted to cr- so so you guys know i'm going to take take a creative um uh, to call liberty mm-hmm. with the scene and not get beat as bad <laughs> So in the scene, you know, I want, I want to kind of hold my own till the end and then get overpowered. And, and so just because it's not as in- entertaining to watch someone just just get beaten versus, you know, uh, seeing a, a semi uh, evenly matched fight, you know, and, and almost kind of be guessing where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, but I kind of spoiled it. I mean,
0: spoiler. <laughs> and then that woman passed away.
1: Yeah, we lost her. We lost her. Um, but she, in the time that I had her in my life, um, I realized that I wasn't suffering when I, while I was taking care of her. You know what I mean? Uh, I wasn't focused on, because we suffer when we me, 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 my, 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 you know. But when, we're, when we're, like, you do a lot of stuff for other people, you know, and I don't know what's going on in your life, but I'm sure no matter what's going on in your life, when you're doing service for other people, and and you're seeing you're doing something positive you know you don't really have the same time and energy to focus on what happened to me or what's happening to me you know Mm -hmm. it it just that space isn't occupied by Mm -hmm. negative stuff right that's
0: why um one of the key things when you're talking about struggling with your mental health or having Mm -hmm. a bad day or whatever the case may be is just um, being able to go do something nice for someone else or being yeah. of service to someone else will get you out of your own head and yeah. present into the moment of feeling this kind of joy from serving other people
1: yeah
0: um and that's that's why it's a really helpful tool for that so you're absolutely right
1: yeah so so part one of the lessons of the film that I think is important is 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 that is that two things that just because you're right about something doesn't mean the other person's wrong, you know. And if you're suffering, um, you'll suffer less if if you're focused on someone else or something else, something positive, someone positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that was a uh, that was a growth moment for me.
0: Amazing. <laughs> uh, and then you wrote basically this whole script while you were sitting in yeah uh, in prison, in jail, in jail, no, jail, yeah. jail, jail, <laughs> jail. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it's a finished product?
1: Well, I think so. I, I keep retweeting it because yeah. it's really freaking long. Sure. And it, it's hard to... I think the, the biggest challenge is, um, is knowing what things to omit. Mm-hmm. Because it's, life is very detailed. Yeah. But people only want, you know, a finite amount of information.
0: How, ideally, how long you, would you like the movie to be if someone were to make it?
1: Uh short film maybe maybe twenty minutes
0: oh you just want a twenty minute film
1: well I, I was thinking that would that would get me you know something to show and present got it for someone else' with, you know baby steps
0: <laughs> well I have um a lot of friends uh. that sounded very weird. I have a lot of friends who are actors, okay' cause I come from a professional wrestling background as nice. you know yeah I used to be a professional wrestler and um that's, that's the entertainment industry right yeah and so a lot of people there want to be actors and I have two specific buddies they've both been on this podcast who do short films and who write and edit and produce and do all of this stuff so they could potentially be people that you could get linked up with to help you shoot some scenes that would be fun or to look at some of your writing and iron it out however we can help I think they would be super down
1: I, I would love that
0: so let's get that let's get, let's get us all in a room we'll chop it up we'll talk about your script okay and I think they would be they would love to help Okay, sounds um, good. Both of them are writers. Um, one of them really likes, writes poems. Nice. His name's Ryan. He's really good. Uh, he also was a professional wrestler. And now he's into poetry and he does acting. Um, nice. And then my other buddy, who was just, he was on episode 96. His name's Reno. He, he's a stand-up comedian. Nice. Uh, also is a writer and is, was just in his first short film as well. And wow. so I think the combination of those two and your genius and your original story and your life, I think you can maybe hash something out and then potentially shoot some scenes also.
1: I I, I, I like that Reno's a comedian, man, because yeah. uh, I listen to a lot of
0: comedy. He's funny.
1: Yeah. Life needs comedy. And I I think because because the material is it's kinda dark, you know. It was a dark time, you know. Life is hard.
0: <laughs> <It's> yeah. Hard. <laughs> There's no way around that and we shouldn't sugarcoat it. Can't be naive to the pain that life brings. That's right. But there's always light. Yeah. There's always light.
1: But it would be cool, man, to, to have, uh, you know, respectful humor in there. Yeah. Make some humor in there. To, for to sure. Kind of <laughs> balance it out.
0: I think so. He, I, I ran a fundraiser for my nonprofit in March, and he <laughs> performed like five minutes of his original set nice. there. So even at a mental health event, he, uh, he made some some great jokes about... Whatever you know, (laughs) so I think it would be cool. But let's work that out. Okay, let's get that going. So So maybe that maybe maybe that'll be helpful for you.
1: Absolutely, Um, sounds
0: cool. So back to then. So then you had that that event in your life. Yeah, you wrote the whole script. Yeah, felt inspired to get creative about it. Yeah, and then decided that you wanted to do Krav because you wanted the fight scene to look more legit because you wanted to be in it. Is that was that was the train of thought? Yeah,
1: well, yeah. I haven't had a fight since I was seventeen.
0: You know, I use my words. <laughs> okay, great. You're very good with your words. So. I,
1: I, I, I try to, you know, I don't see, I don't see a win in a fight because here's, here's my, the reason I had my last fight at 17. Um, I did have an altercation. It, it, it wasn't even, it wasn't an altercation. It was a gentleman that, that he's like, man, listen, he wanted to spar basically. I'm like, why? He's like, well, I just, I just want to see what your skills are. And I, was, uh, and I was naive and, and I, and I sparred with this guy, you mm-hmm. know. And I didn't know how to fight but I, he couldn't hit me. You know, I was fast enough.
0: Back then I was like a lot skinnier and
1: wiry and skinny. Don't,
0: you're fast now. We, we, we train together all the time. <laughs>
1: Thanks. But it, I didn't know how to strike but he couldn't hit me and so he's like... He's like uh, back then um, I was in high school and my parents took me out because of this situation for over a year uh, uh, i got beat up because i wouldn't join a game i didn't know what he was trying to do was to recruit me mm. <laughs> he was trying to see if i was valuable in that and so i don't really see a real win in a fight you know if you win you're gonna have problems later if you lose then you you lost <laughs> right <laughs> you know uh so i don't i don't really see a win uh so i i, I haven't had a fight since i was 17. And I, took, I started taking Krav because I'm like, I don't know how to move like a fighter. I'm not a fighter, mm. you know? And I, I want to look less pathetic when I lose the fight. <laughs> you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to lose gracefully. Yeah. You know, do a few defenses and then, you know, obviously get overpowered so that it's authentic to the storyline, but I wanted it to be uh, also more entertaining. You know, it's more entertaining when, when you have a more evenly uh, set fight. Mm.
0: That was the original intention with taking Krav. Have you found any other benefits from it? Absolutely. Uh, like what, what else? Okay,
1: so with, with, the ground, uh, with the ground stuff...
0: I suck at Krav. So let's, let's, let's uh, knock out a few minor details first, okay? Krav Maga, um, you can actually listen to the episode I had with uh, one of our instructors at Krav Maga Dallas, Eric Keener. Um, but Krav Maga is like your uh, self-defense for the real world. Right? You have a lot of these other martial arts where you can do competitions and things of that nature. Krav Maga is based on being able to protect yourself in a real-life situation. You're getting mugged. You're getting robbed. Someone's trying to put you in a van. Things that happen to people every day. Krav Maga is trying to teach you how to potentially defend yourself if that were to happen to you in real life. Yeah. So it's very to the point. It's very that's um, supposed to protect you and get you out of the situation as fast as possible. Yeah. So in a fight you could potentially be standing up or you could be taken to the ground and so what Eli is referring to as ground survival would be if someone were to take you to the ground how are you gonna get them off of you uh, to be able to get away. So continue.
1: Okay so um, one of the things that one of the guys that I was farmed with on ground survival you know it's grappling basically. Yeah. <laughs> You know he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna provide some um, some significant resistance okay you know excuse me because I, I don't want you going out there and thinking that that you know you learn this defense that it's just gonna work mm-hmm. and i couldn't i couldn't get i couldn't get out <laughs> and he's like okay so stop focusing on getting out just focus on getting in a less bad position okay and i love the way he said that less bad and so you know he's like try to inch this way try to inch that way try to get pressure off your elbow try to do this try to do that and that's what i love about ground i really suck at it but it's really life is it's just it's a fight for territory you know you're not going to win all your fights i didn't pass my belt test i didn't get a co signer for uh pilot school um i fell one of the three te- uh classes that are fun classes mm. how do you fill a fun class when <laughs> i filled it <laughs> you know um et cetera, et cetera you know i'm not doing great in my relationship Been separated two years but but life is, is a a uh is is ground for life. it's it's a you're fighting for territory you're just trying to be in a less bad position until you can be in a good position mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and so uh that's that's one of the things i, I got from that yeah and sometimes you get punched in the face like you said yeah sometimes yeah sometimes
0: there's accidents or whatever but i think that's the beauty of martial arts yeah so i started doing jiu-jitsu as well oh man so i started doing krav september okay of 2021 okay like right, started 2022. okay um we're recording this episode may 17th 2022. Mm-hmm. it will come out in june episode 98. Nice. and then i started jiu-jitsu in february i love jiu-jitsu a lot It's cool. It's really, really fun. But it's really, really hard. Very hard. And it's the exact same thing you're saying, right? You're putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations where someone is literally trying to choke the life out of you, or punch you in the face, or break your arm, and that's in like a controlled environment, in a martial arts studio, and then when you get out into life, you're like, things seem less hard, because you're already actively and voluntarily putting yourself in hard positions. That's it. And so I think that's the biggest beauty of martial arts, or that's the biggest beauty of doing anything voluntarily. That's challenging, like you're saying, right? There's blessings and there's challenges. Sometimes we pick those challenges. Sometimes they just smack us right in the face. But if we've been voluntarily doing things that are hard, getting up at 5 a.m. to go work out, riding our bike across the town because we don't have gas money, figuring it out every single day, these challenges keep hitting us, and then we keep getting back up. We keep getting back up, and then we start to learn how to defend ourselves. We start to learn how to block the arm bar or get, move the punch from our face and attack our attacker or attack life, and things do start to get better. They do. Uh, a smart way to say it. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, that's why Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, MMA, Krav, all of these things, sports, baseball, All of these things that are hard, really hard, like theater, becoming an actor, getting into the entertainment industry, writing, doing anything creative, being an entrepreneur, uh, being a lawyer, doc, all of these things, being a mom, father, right? All of these things are so hard, but we actively are trying to do them so that other things in our life become less hard and we can like be more to the people that we love. We can be more to ourselves. Um, I don't know if that made any sense, but that's, oh man, it's brilliant! That's how I feel.
1: That's brilliant, man! I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm taking some of those and putting
0: <laughs> <Start> <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, well, I've done uh, well 98 episodes of this podcast, so I've awesome. got I've got some uh, wise words of wisdom to to say uh, through my own experiences and trials and tribulations. And, oh man, please share! You know, setbacks. something interesting. Something interesting? Yeah, anything. What do you want to know?
1: Something inspiring. Something, uh, a turning point for you.
0: Oh, turning point for me. Um, well, I told you I, I have a nonprofit called You Are Loved. Yes. The reason I started that nonprofit was because my sister died.
1: Oh man, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, she she took her own life in September of 2018. So you've dealt with loss, right? Yeah. Your dad, the woman you were dating. Yeah. Um, grief is, is really challenging. Yeah. Um, grief is really hard and it's really complicated and it throws you in so many different directions. And so the only thing that I saw that could potentially save me from spiraling was trying to help myself by helping other people.
1: That's brilliant, bro.
0: And, um, and so I've learned a lot about life and mental health and overcoming challenges and Um, Now I coach people, teams, athletes, individuals, you know, do this podcast, (laughs) all this stuff. I do a lot of public speaking.
1: Love public speakers, man. I listen to Les Brown. I listen to, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Les Brown, and then there's another one.
0: Uh, had a senior mode. That's That's all good. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, those people, you know, they have a way with words that that feel like they resonate in your gut, and I, I feel that a lot, and... So yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a very brief story about me, but we can uh, we can talk more about it after, absolutely. or get some coffee, or get some food, or whatever. Yeah, but absolutely. But yeah, man. Um, where were we? We were we were in the good stuff. Oh, yeah. so Krav, yeah. So Krav started for you as a way to you know perform better in this fight scene. Yeah. And it turned out to be something that has helped you in life.
1: It has. Yeah. It, well, it's helped me in a lot of a lot of uh, ways. You know, when I dealt with. Uh, when I dealt with losing my father um, and, and losing this young lady, one of the things that really helped me was finding something uh, that I could be consistent at. Mm. You know what I mean? And so when I started going to Krav, you know, uh, like I told you, it's five miles from my house. Yeah. I would ride over there, you know, when I did, I would ride my bike over there when I didn't have gas because I'm like, I can't miss. If, if they don't give me an assignment, there's no reason for me not to go to all the classes. You know, because it's not just the, um, because you do something negative to yourself when you start, you make it a habit of not following through. Mm -hmm. And that does something bad to you. I can't explain it, but it does something bad to you where it's easier to not follow through with other stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, Like I told you, uh, I was overweight at the beginning uh, of the year. Uh, I had a really bad gut, you know, and that, that was because I was depressed because of my separation. And not being able to see my daughter on a regular basis, uh, reiterating the workforce without a skill that was relevant, you know, uh, knowing that I was going to go back to school with people uh, that are 20, I'm not 20, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so I, I started eating, bro. I started eating a lot of pizza, mm. you know, and I was like, man, I've got to get rid of this, you know, so Krav was helping me get in shape. It was helping me to have positive associations. So many cool people there. Yeah, it's a really cool place. And it was giving me something to, uh, to not quit. Yeah. <laughs> so and and it just helped me in all those senses. Um, you know, right now, uh, I, I won't get into the details. But uh, when I separated, I also lost privileges in my congregation, uh, so I can't associate with people in my congregation. So I'm, you know, these are people I've known since I was, you know, five. You know, that, that's, that's my circle. And so I was also without a, uh, a support system, without people that I know, that I can, you know, uh, share my grief with and share my, my fears and challenges with, you mm-hmm. know. And so going to Krav, you know, I treat everybody like a family, bro, you know, because those are the people that I associate with on a regular basis. So that that was really helpful to mean, I, I think it's good for mental health to have people to associate with. Oh yeah. So I, uh, that was, that was a big thing for me yeah so i would go to all the classes i've since december um crop classes alone like 189 190 classes of just crop plus the other classes so probably close to 300 classes mm-hmm. <laughs> since december. that's amazing yeah that's but
0: an I, unheard of level of commitment
1: but but i needed that association yeah i needed that so much and uh and and I, I'm in a better place now. I don't need it as much, but uh, but I still enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I, I'm stronger
0: now, but I still enjoy it. It's become part of who you are. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. Oh man, I love it. So ideally, um, if things were to go well, yeah. what would happen with your with your script? Someone would pick it up, or you would film it yourself, or what? What? What's an ideal situation? Look okay, like?
1: so uh, ideally, someone would pick it up because there are people smarter or more skilled than me that can they can honor it better than sure I
0: but they don't have your story so your story is the most important part
1: uh, yeah I would love them to develop the story I would love to honor this girl's memory I would love to you know share that that story um, but if, if nobody picks it up second thing would be you know uh, maybe start filming it at least a segment of it myself mm-hmm. to maybe create interest later you know that that's what I that's what I think the baby step is, you know, before I, I reach to here, maybe I should just start here. Okay. <laughs> you know, filming something uh, that might get picked up by you know, someone going, uh bigger. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll talk to a few of my people and see if we can get something going.: Sounds great. you know, I'm in to help whatever I can do. Oh, dude. Thank you, so.
1: Appreciate that.:
0: Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> this is great.
1: And I enjoyed it. Actually. Do you
0: have any other thoughts, comments, concerns, questions, anecdotes?
1: <laughs> no, you know what? Honestly, it, it this was therapy for me. This was I just got to kinda unload and uh and that was fun. And you know, I got to be human and vulnerable and to say, Hey man, you know what? I am where I am because I made decisions that got me where I am and I gotta dig myself out. But in the meantime, you know, it's nice to have people that don't judge me. <laughs> And that uh, you know, have my back, and thank
0: you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being open and honest, and um, I'm sure people who are listening want to help, and my friends and me will. So we'll get together and do something, Sounds try sweet. to do something special for you. Thanks. man But yeah, episode ninety-eight. Wow. Then episode ninety-nine. Then episode one hundred. So <laughs> whoa, amazing. Uh, so thank you for listening, and uh, share this with a friend. Give us a review on Apple, Spotify. Uh, give us a thumbs up or subscribe on YouTube but really thanks for coming back every week check out for Eli's movie we're going to be dropping that shit it's going to be sweet and uh, yeah take care wherever you're watching or listening to this take care of yourself take care of the people around you tell them how much you love them and I love you thanks for coming back every week and we'll see you next time